Hi everyone, uh, welcome to HMG podcast. We are in episode, technically episode one, part three of episode one, uh, where we start talking about some of the tactics, pieces of information I've been writing down um, with the help of the guys bouncing ideas through them, uh, feedback through them and, and sort of making thing, sure things make sense. Uh, so this does follow on from the first two parts. So if you haven't listened to those, I recommend you go have a quick listen. Uh, it'll be a long listen. It's about an hour and a half, I think, uh, content there. Uh, once you're done with those, come back. Uh, you should be able to pick up right where this one takes off. Ta. I think potentially we can move on to what was meant to be the feature of our episode, which sure. is probably not <laughs> going to be the feature of our episode, um, which was actually going to be introducing and talking about campaign supplements. Um, and so these are our things like the the Ostfront book campaign, okay. Battle yeah. of the Bulge, uh, Battle for France, um, one of the ones that's recently come out, obviously things like Western Desert. Like A lot of these have been on the traps and they've already been reviewed multiple times. So this isn't necessarily a review segment mm. of those uh, aspects. But what it will be is, you know, what what do these things bring to the table that allow us to play the game differently? What are the things that we need to be aware of when using them? Um, And with the specific missions that they build within those, um, just some pointers around around that space. So I guess an introduction quickly for them is they will all focus on a specific conflict within the war. So a specific point or part um, within the, the war. Uh, Sometimes it's not even a theatre, right? Correct. So if you take like Battle of the Bulge was effectively an operation. It was a yep. single German counterattack. Yep. But then you've got another one that's saying Duel in the Sun and there was a, I think it was another desert supplement as well. Yep. They, they were two slightly different parts of the entire North Africa theatre. Yes, yeah. yeah. And so they, they, they each take their own little part and they delve into that and explore that a bit more. And so, and so in those, you're getting specific missions, uh, units, completely new lists, um, you know, obviously all the background and history into what happened um, there. These are normally put together by um, uh, like individual authors outside of Warlord Games and they submit the information through okay. to Warlock Games, um, and they I actually didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's quite a few individuals. Um, there's, there's a few Aussies that um, contribute yeah, think, as well. Okay, two or three, yeah. I think we're at now. Um, um, I believe Paul Beckers <coughs> put one together right. very yep. early on. Yep. So he's in he's in the WAC mm. for, for bold action. Um, yeah, there's a there's a few that are sort of around, and and look, it's been. You know, they, they each sort of have their ups and downs because they're, they're fan-made works at their core, which mm. are then, you know, rationalized and put into the game system through the supplements. And often it requires someone with a very a very good uh, motivation and drive and interest in that period yeah. to go through the effort. Like, so they, yeah. you know, I know with the Fortress Budapest one that came yeah. out with Hungary, um, again, that was, that was one that was driven by uh, information and stuff from an Australian guy that um, put it together. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was an Australian guy. I'd need to check my book. But, um, I can't remember. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that one... That you know, was the paint all the minis guy. All the models, um, <laughs> all the models, like and, and all the scenes that they did with the photography, they provided a lot of that to Waller. So Waller was able to do a couple of um, oh, yeah. quick bits of edits and put it through together and go through Osprey for the massive publishing stuff, which is mm. fantastic. Um, one thing that they do get jibed for a little bit is the the checking of the information before it goes into print for editorial stuff. I'm not even going to go there because, quite frankly, the people that are submitting this information, like yeah. the actual authors that are doing it, they've got so much on their mind when they're writing this up. They do try and reach out 
to the community to get people to check it. Mm. Stuff yeah. slips through the net. Like, it's just what it is, okay? Like, and, just let it go. And, like, even if it is somebody sort of quite well-versed and popular in the community, like, yeah. let's be honest, how, how often if have you heard of a... Oh, you know, one of your friends has gone, here's this like fan made rule book I made in addition to this core one. What do you think? How often has that generally been good? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. that, and of, of course, that's not a statement on, on the, the theater selectors yeah. and yeah. stuff. No, like no, that. No, no, no. But it's just, I can understand why somebody would go, yeah, sure, I'll have a look yeah. at that for you and then go, oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't necessarily have a follow through. There are a couple other podcasts out there where they do get the authors of the actual campaign supplements and chat. go oh, wow. through a whole process of how that worked. And, and yep. one of the ones yep. I've listened to, the guy worked on it either one or two years so he worked wow. on yeah. the entire thing did a lot of research into you know the sites and what happened in the battles and these kind of things uh, and they did a lot of play testing to s- select groups a lot of it was oh, okay. focused in Australia yeah um, and, and you've got these these key people in the communities mostly in the eastern states um, that, that went through and, and you know they said this list worked and this didn't and they tried to tweak it and these kind of things you do get that feedback online that that's different to the European meta yeah, or yeah. US or, or, or these kind of things. And I can't remember specifically on this sort of discussion. I think maybe the guy was, was doing some Australian guys and some US guys all, all in their groups of, of how they saw it. And they, I believe, were running the tournament scenes at part of CanCon and whatever else. Mm. So, so it's, it's um, relevant to a lot of the events that are happening, but that doesn't necessarily encompass all groups everywhere. And Correct. the game is played differently. Yeah. everywhere so you, you're going to see that feedback no matter what yeah you are yeah. Um, people interpret things differently that's the, the basis I, I think it's a good thing that this is coming from positions outside of the company yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it is um, I, the community engagement and the fact that Warlord has been willing to also work with them to go okay cool yeah. you've got an idea you've got some yeah. you put a lot of research into it okay yeah let's make this happen so here's the deadline we want you to try and hit it's, it's great that's yeah. really good for Big example um, the Australian lists that probably made it into New Guinea and maybe some other books yep they're completely fan made. That was made by the WWPD guys, which yep. was a big oh, okay. yep. bolt action V1 community yep. group that yep. unfortunately fell over not too long ago. Um, but yeah, that that was a community effort. A, a good few of the key editors on that website put that together, and that became official army yep. list. Proper. And, and, and I don't think it's that all different than what they originally submitted these. No, they. Yeah. Um, I've seen. So I've seen both yeah. of those. Yeah. I've seen the Western Desert one, the New yeah. Guinea, whoop, the New Guinea one, and um, the Australian PDF that was yeah. that yeah. was converted yeah. and created. Um, and for the most part, the the New Guinea one and the Australian PDF one um, are pretty darn close. Like yeah. the Australian PDF one was designed with the New Guinea style campaign yeah. in yeah. mind. Okay. It's not yeah. the Western Desert stuff as much. Yeah. Um, so it did focus on that sort of as a as a feature. But look. They're all really good, and the, yeah. and the thing is, like, they're actually, ironically, all three of those Australian lists uh, are actually still valid. Like the, yeah. the PDF one, if someone wants to use the PDF one instead of New Guinea, instead of Western Desert, you can. Oh, it okay, just yeah. means it just means that your 
essentially bound to what's sure, in that. Yeah. So, yeah. so your your national rules and traits essentially yeah. are what comes out of there, which is different to what some of the others are. Yeah. Um, the updated ones are in New Guinea yeah, and so Western Desert. Another thing with the campaign supplements, they usually integrate some kind of weather effects or, or other conditions yes. that are related mm, yes. to that conflict. So um, uh, I think you got monsoons and all kinds of things in the New Guinea books and yep, the Western Desert do. ones have desert storms and, and all these kind of things, I think. A lot um, of the European ones have blizzards, snow effects, yeah, like heavy yeah. snowfalls, um, yeah, and, and things like that. And, and the, they're all they're all interesting concepts on on unit activation, line of yeah. sight, and all these kind of things. Yeah, and part of them, what you've got, um, one of the things that's really cool about the campaign supplement books is as they delve into it and they go look at the different uh, factions that fought within that space you see different unit types created. Yeah, so yeah. so it's, it's, look, we all love new content. And so by far, you know, any new stuff that I can potentially put in my army, that always goes down yeah. pretty good. Um, and so, you know, in, in the Western Desert book, for example, everyone, I think everyone that's anyone in version two bolt action knows about the free LMG squad from Western yeah. Desert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's sort of, it was such a, such a like, wow, I can't believe they did that um, because of what the unit was. But you sort of, there's been a lot of toing and froing over whether yeah. that is considered overpowered or broken or anything, or whether it should be allowed in a reinforced platoon or not, and blah blah blah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, um, you know, my view is if the book says that it can be used in the generic platoon, then it can. Otherwise, it can't because yeah. that's what it says in the books. Now, whether they've chosen not to put that in for different reasons, uh, maybe they just want to sure. see those units yeah. in yeah. that particular campaign. I'm yeah. not going to go there. In a friendly game, I'm really not going to complain yeah. that much about yeah. it. In an event, you have to go by what the event organizer yeah. Yeah. says. Yeah. That's pretty simple either way. But you can't get away from the fact that some of these units are cool. A whole unit yeah. of infantry being able to be mounted up on motorcycles and riding <laughs> yeah. around, yeah. that's I mean, cool. It's, 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 pretty, cool. it's pretty cool. <laughs> Does, doesn't one of them also have just bicycles? Like bicycle, yeah. yeah. There's a few, yeah. 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 There's a, um, there's a few that just have that. Um, a few Japanese have that. <laughs> <laughs> bicycles may not be the best aggressive move for you, um, but uh, but you've also got things like the um, I'm going to pronounce their name wrong, but it's it's the multiple Panzerschreck unit. Um, you have oh, three Panzerschrecks. Like hands yeah, yeah. as often or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Dumb. My German is not that good. Um, <laughs> but but you've got you know three Panzerschrecks in the unit, and anyone that's not carrying a Panzerschreck can have a Panzerfaust. So you actually have, <laughs> you actually have the three the three Panzerschreck operators. They're three loaders yeah. who can all have a Panzerfaust, and the squad leader who can have a Panzerfaust. It's like yeah. that's just nuts. Like yeah. you, like what? Um, but you know, it's now a really the characteristic. No, nah, there's, a, there's a whole stack. There's a whole stack. Of how they did different things. All of the, every time one of those theater circles comes out, you get something absurd for Axis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, what do people complain about the US? And it's like, rifle grenades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not true. The, the US also have, um, they've got the, I think it's out of Battle in the Bulge book, they've got the, the US armored Jeep, which had the oh, dual, yeah. the dual <laughs> bazookas on it. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, you know, there's some, yeah, they took bazooka Jeep yeah. to a whole new level. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's those sorts of things like, you know, we're all laughing about it, right? Yeah, like yeah, none yeah, of us yeah. are so sore about it that we're oh, throwing no, my glasses no. on the ground or anything <laughs> like, you know, they're fun units. They're yeah. interesting designs. They're, they're things that we can do you know um, above and beyond what our regular games would be yeah. um, and a lot of the missions that are in these books are deliberately historically based and are obviously about battles so they're attack and defender yeah. Um, there's a, yeah there's a quite a few 
campaign books generally favor the attacker defender style setups um, as opposed to just generic catch-up games um, but definitely there's, there's, there's heaps of missions in, in all of them that are really quite good but the decision as a TO on to what theatre selectors to allow into event is very difficult because those theatre yeah. selectors are really designed to fight each other. Yeah. From that book. From that yeah. book, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really tough. Um, in particular, what becomes... Like, the first edition books weren't necessarily that balance necessarily when you take some against others but you've also got second edition books now which add another layer of complexity on top mm. so the my my utopia of what this <laughs> looks like is everyone brings a balance list i don't care from where you play a game you have fun and it's all good yeah the reality is in an event scenario, in a tournament scenario, in, in any sort of formal setting where you have a ranking, yeah, because I find a ranking is the biggest trigger. Yeah. If any sort of any sort of layering up with a ranking, um, people will either feel disadvantaged if they fight a list from a, a theater list which gives it extra special rules or allows them to do certain abilities or just has units that they wouldn't normally have access to um, or advantaged because I've actually, I've actually had people go I, I took this list and it allows me to do this and I, I did well in the event but I don't feel that I actually did well because of my own abilities. I felt yeah. that I did well because my opponent didn't understand how my list worked and it was just a walk in the park. So it goes both ways. Like you yeah. think about new players who are just mm. getting their head around regular lists and then you're talking about all these additional theater lists which are different to the theater lists in your army book and they give yeah. me all these other abilities that I can do instead. So it's um, there are definitely some traps that you have yeah. to work around. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, oftentimes in my events for a long while we've left theatre lists out of it and we've yeah. just gone generic platoons or I've built a selector for the event mm. theatre lists are likely now to start coming back in because I've set the benchmark for what we expect as lists yeah. so okay. now so theatre lists are likely to come back in and yes that means to we're going to get yeah. Yeah, yeah to mix it up to give people the variety again um, yes we're going to have people who probably go right to the very end but we're actually we're slowly changing our event packs to move away from individual rankings amongst each other from different sides. Yeah. Okay. So, so instead of having players one, two, three, four, where player one is allied, player two is access, player yep. three is access, player four is allied, it's going to be two separate ranking tables. Okay. So you're ranked within faction. We've sort of been doing that behind the scenes and then mm. remeshing those scores for the total placings. Yeah. Okay. Um, afterwards, but. Um, when me and some of the other tiers have talked about it it's actually probably going to work better just to simply no nah, we'll cut it down the line mm. and we'll just separate those two out one when you talk about best ranked general well we can still find the best ranked general out of the Axis and Allies divisions using tiebreaker scores and matching yeah. the individual scores that allows us to use some amount of attacker defender scenarios without it being too disadvantageous as long as there's one attacker and defender scenario for each side yeah. rather than all being stacked on one side um, but essentially being able to split those things out when you take the ranking away from it people automatically don't build crazy super mm. combo lists yeah. like um, they automatically seem to have this restraining bolt put on them um, where they just go I'm only competing against other allied armies so 
I only have to outperform everyone that's fighting the same yeah. sort of mission from my side. So I just have to get the best score I can out of what I can get. And so suddenly being a defender in a mission doesn't seem as bad because yeah. you mm-hmm. can still maximize your score. Yeah. Um, things like, because uh, again, benefit in variety, things like uh, the objective secured Southern Hemisphere open, yeah. um, we're likely probably still to run that as a mixed mesh list um, and, and make that, uh, while it'll still be narrative, it'll still rank individually in place. Sure. Um, the other thing that I've started doing with the, the actual rankings and the, and the matchups is simply just rotating people. So yeah, inst- instead yeah. of, instead of because our community in Perth who have actually come and played games um, is still only topping out towards 30 people and we've yeah. run it for nigh on three years now, a lot of those 30 people have played against one another. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, which, what we're finding is like the people's player skill after round one automatically start setting people up and then round two solidifies where those people are but at round one where they you yeah. know where things are starting to shift the people that they then go to fight are their people in their gamer group for yeah. example yeah. right like they're the people that they play with all the time and because they play at those levels that's the level they play at so they go and fight someone they've not fought before and they seal club them into the dirt because they're used <laughs> to fighting at a more tactical level um, or a competitive first, environment. Or a competitive yeah. environment. Yeah. Or vice versa. They go in fully narrative expecting it to be fun and they run into a gatekeeper troll list that's like <laughs> that's there just to cause havoc because that's what they wanted to bring. And so you get the these automatic separation of the people that are used to playing hardcore and the people that just want to play narrative, but in their own groups, yeah. that's yeah, all right. they actually play. Whereas what I'm doing now is simply going, right. Allies players, go one table down. Access yeah. players go one table yeah. up, yeah. and yeah. it takes all the matchmaking out of it. Mm. It means that whichever opponent you match up against on the day, there's no science that went into this. You simply move tables, so yeah. you can, if you wanted to, on game one, look down the table and go, "Okay, I'm versing Bill Jones and Matt." Well, they're not in my gaming group, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. You could go the other way and yeah. go. Tom, Rory, and Josh, they're all in my gaming group. Yeah. Well, like this would just be like a bit of a garage game. Yeah. And you just have to take that with a grain of salt because for every one of them who is automatically matching up against someone that they have played in that shift, if I did it through a ranked system, you might end up playing them anyway. Yeah. So yeah. this way, the community just simply, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to manage, by the way, sure. when you only yeah. have about 15 yeah. tables. But, but, it's a lot when you start to get more and more and more people getting added in then I might bring ranking back because I'll get more variety in that separation but where we are at the moment the last three events I've had people go I played them last time or I played them in my group yeah. all the time and I'm like, like and I'm like well you played everyone last and I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm like looking I'm like looking at the, the standings and the score and I'm like well, you've won all your games, so you really don't have anything to complain about, even if yeah. you did fight yeah. against your, your same guys. <laughs> or if it's the other side and they've lost all their game, get good. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no, 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 it's, some of it is like you lose games, not necessarily... Sometimes you lose them because, the, yeah, the dice don't go your way or whatever, sure. and you're just like, yeah, I just need to win this assault and I've got the objective. Rolls all ones. Um, you know, it just happens. But there are other times where you see a consistent behavior of where they no, they're just genuinely, they can't seem to win games. They, yeah. Can't, yeah. they only want to play narrative. And so they're not playing at a, at a competitive level to actually yeah. realize 
think critically, I have to be able to actually get those points. So more thinking like, I've got this infantry squad, how do they sort of behave doctrinally? What's sort of the doctrinal procedure? You know, some places will go to that degree. Or or, or they'll simply be going, they're going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've got players that do that. And what those players need to understand is that the reason that you're not necessarily seeing good results and the reason that you may not be feeling like you're having as much fun as you do when you play out of an event is because you're not playing at the level an event would need in order for you to get the most yeah. benefit out of it. That's not saying you're a bad player. It just means you're thinking about it differently. Now, in some ways, we as event coordinators will try really hard to create events where you can thrive in the way that you want to play. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But we also have to rule for the majority of people because yep. we need tickets. Like that's, <laughs> you know, yeah. no tickets, no event. That's pretty simple. Yeah. And um, just on that, you don't have to be forced into this tournament no, to enjoy Correct. the game, yeah. Yeah. even at these tournaments. But no. um, there's so many narrative events done at these clubs. Yep. Uh, you, you, if you're not comfortable with the pressure of a tournament, you don't need to be because there's just as many events yeah. going on. There's actually outside. we're almost at the more. point of more. Yeah, yeah like yeah. we had um, the, so the Viet Cong yeah. game that we yeah. played, the VC on the trail. Yeah, um, that was fantastic. That was amazing. Like yeah. John Beeson put a staggering yeah. amount of effort into Community all that. Community rule sets aren't so bad. Eh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, you know what. It it went really, really good. Like it was a, um, you know, we had almost three thousand points aside, six players, um, a massive, you know, board with all the terrain and stuff that was on it, um, and it was really streamlined. Army supplied, supplied, ready to go. Played till turn six, maybe seven. We got to turn seven. We got through the full game. Um, You know, and and that was simply, that was simply, you know competitiveness well there was a mission objective so yes yeah yeah but competitiveness at the sense of i don't want to play narrative <laughs> i can guarantee you i was playing on the Viet Cong side and i played as if they were in the narrative and those guys <laughs> ran out of the trees at the yeah. u.s positions charging them like that's you know it's sort of that's that's how i imagined that they would have played yeah. so that's how yeah. i played and, them and yeah. you know what they actually did all right. Yeah. <laughs> and they were pretty good. Yeah, I remember that too. So I was I was sort of uh, titled yeah. as the overall allied commander, and I think you were titled as the overall Axis commander. Yeah. So it was about a company-sized game, three platoons. And I remember, and I was like, I know you and I can get quite competitive in terms of yeah. just in terms of game mentality, right? A little, bit, a little bit. But but I think on the day, like that being said, I it, I wouldn't necessarily say that game was competitive. No, no, no. And no I one. don't mean I don't mean competitive as in fair. It was a hundred percent fair. Yes. I think yes. John did a fantastic job putting not just the, the rules but also the balance yeah. in and and the, and the mission was well balanced as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And but when we played it, I think it was just fun. And yep. it, it, yeah. It felt. You know, not necessarily realistic, but it felt plausible. You felt that this was what the Battle of the Adrang was like, yeah. um, as best as we can imitate it. Yeah. Yeah. So to give, because um, obviously the, view, the viewers and the listeners at home have no idea what we're talking <laughs> about. Um, it was a, uh, it was about eight foot. It was almost no six foot. No, it was a standard. Yeah, six, yeah, six foot, foot by six, four. We just six played by four. it in twenty mil. That's right. One seventy two. So we scaled down the miniatures. We have a community rule set that was that we used, um, which is VC on the trail, um, which we can links to that yeah afterwards because yep. that's still going um and essentially 
there were four Huey helicopters that we needed, to, sorry, the Viet Cong, needed to charge and essentially capture while the Americans were trying to um, essentially mobile evac onto them and get them off into the air. And so that was that was the setup. And there was jungle surrounding the, the buildings and then a couple of barricades. But essentially there was a landing zone that was clear of all terrain. Um, and so the Americans were sitting there in their fire teams going, oh, there's nothing really saving us once they're out of this jungle. Um, but they could call it airstrikes. So we had some, we had some fighters flying overhead and yeah. dropping down napalm and... Like it was, it was pretty intense. It was a lot of artillery. <laughs> it was like there was a crazy amount of artillery. Many, many Vietcong died to that I, artillery shot. Actually, a lot fewer than you. I don't know if you remember, but there was that first like howitzer round. I yeah. scored a whole bunch of pins down the line. Yes, yeah. the only unit I killed was a direct hit on a lone commissar. Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore, Russia wasn't involved. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It was, yeah, it, but it was, it was fun. It was a big yeah. narrative. Like there was a, John had done up a whole story to sort of explain yeah. where we were and, and yeah. to get us into the mindset of what we were playing like. And those sorts of narrative events, um, we're very lucky in Perth. We've got a lot of very committed club members, committee members outside. Um, obviously the other clubs that run their own narrative events, we all seem to be on this same wavelength of, of, you know, making things fun and narrative. Um, so we we have a lot of those events. Like we actually have a crazy amount yeah. of those events. Yeah, exactly. um, and there just seems to be a sort of focus with sort of the events we do that I see at other way other places where there is one person very passionate about, yeah. about a particular conflict, it could a particular rule set. Mm. They want to collect everything that they want to collect to recreate <laughs> those battles. Yeah. And we really focus on trying to get, just get people to play. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's like, okay, we're going to do a Vietnam event. John's bought all the figures he's wanted in his life. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to add a bit of terrain from the club, but we need five more. Yeah. Players. We actually need the players, right? Uh, like, we need you the don't people. need to collect anything, and we're using, you know, a, a, a community supplement of bolt action. Everybody in our club knows the rules of bolt action. Yep. You know, yep. You, 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 the variations on that are, are weapon charts rather than rules. Yeah. Um, so it was just very easy to do. But we, we're just lucky, and, and I've seen that at, at the other clubs as well, that, that, that there's always a, a passionate person that, that's really interested in the history of that conflict yeah. and, and really wants to hone in on, this is what I'm interested in right now, and I want others to experience it too. Yeah. And it's never... Re- we're not at a point where we're dictating people to buy things. No, and, no. And, 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 and I don't think we want to get to that point either. No. No, but that, that sort of touches on something that, so, you know, we've talked about like events and tournaments yeah. and if people want to get involved with them, you know, just follow the various groups like Objective Secured and Rocky yeah. and Historical Gamers yeah. and, and just, just get involved and get those tickets. How does somebody get involved in one of these community narrative events? What's the best way to do it? If you're out there, if you're listening to this and going, okay, I, I could care less about a competitive game. I could care less about rankings and that sort of stuff. I want to experience one of these narrative sort of things because yeah. that that was for me one of my main drivers. I was yeah. like, yeah. I want to play like a war game competitively. Forty k is the place to be. Yeah, in terms of player numbers and yeah. number of events yeah. run per year. And it's like, but I want to do something different. I want to feel. I want to see D Day as a platoon commander. I want to see yeah. Operation Boston as a platoon commander. The best way to get involved is just find a local group and support yeah. them as much as you can. Yeah. Be there. Be there on the game days. If you've if you've got the means and the passion, set up one of these narrative events. You'll find players. Yeah. But I think 
I don't know of any of the, the local groups that need a membership or a subscription or something like that. It's just one of those things. Rock up when you can, play as often as you can, and just let people know that you want to play. And these events will come up. Yeah, and, and probably that last point, like, let people know that you want to play. Like, I can't stress mm. enough how important, because you have people like myself, before my two kids in the last, um, you know, 18 months, if someone threw up, a, I want to learn how to play bolt action, I was like, right, well, are you free this Thursday? Come over to yeah. my house, I'll run you through a game of how to play. Like, it was no hesitation um, for, for me to do that. We've got other people for other game systems and bolt action as well. Yeah who are just as happy and just as happy to do something. And so it doesn't matter whether you are north, south, east, west, or, or anything of Perth. You know, we, I mean, we're down in Rockingham, um, Rockingham Historical in the Good Games Rockingham store. The Good Games Cannington store has a location. Outpost 6030 is in South Perth. Um, we have, I think there's at least two clubs that are north of the river still we've yeah. got um ppmg yeah uh you've got the um the objective secured events they occasionally run gaming nights at um at the varsity pub yeah. in morley yeah. Yeah. where yeah. they are they and that's basically um, byo whatever you want um <laughs> I except know, it's I know just <laughs> games not <laughs> drinks. Know, like, a handful of players at pags in mandra they're starting yep. to pick up bolt action as well yeah um i've seen a few sam hauler down in albany um and his crew seen a few photos on the Napoleonic Wargamer Society yep, yep. Um, page. Sometimes they have bolt action. A lot of times they have Wings of Glory, which, which looks pretty yeah. cool. Mm. Um, looks epic. Yeah, uh, and obviously there's Crags as well. They're yep. on Friday nights. Yeah, good point, Crags. Yep. Yep. They're, on, they're sort of like our, almost like our sister club, really, yeah. um, mm. in that sense. But um, the Crags is a really good location um, if, you, if you're closer to the Quinana um, space. They've really got a nice venue set up and they've got a um, really, really good set up there. So I'd recommend go checking when, them out. When you look at it, pretty much any day in the week, there is a club doing something in Perth that's related so. to tabletop. Yeah, and a lot of them do have that historical interest yep. in, in yep. their player base. It may not be their focus. A lot of them yeah. are, actually. Yeah. I mm. think that there's probably more. And that, that may just be because there's physical GW stores to play those games as well. Correct. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that there seems to be a lot of interest in it, and a lot of people are interested in particular theaters and these kind of things. And they're all designing all kinds of crazy things that that you don't necessarily need to buy into to enjoy the first few times. You yeah. can't. Yeah. People really buy into it because they're interested in it. Yeah, that's, so that's exactly right. It yeah. being a requirement of play. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll splice in some footage in here of some of the things I've seen at the other clubs. But one cool. that comes to mind is the um, Southern Hemisphere Open, that Arnhem table yeah. that, um, yeah, that was put together. That, that's a complete labor of love. But you've seen those type of tables coming from Giovanni Lev, isn't it? Yep. Left, right, and center out of outpost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's really, really good, and it's, um, it's something that. that when, when I was when I was younger and first getting started in the hobby, I didn't realize how many clubs we had in Perth. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, either um, we've we've named a stack already, and to be honest, we've probably missed a few. Yeah. And there's and then above and beyond that, there's all the things like the garage gaming groups that exist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's the Monday nights. Um, yeah. I mean, I ran a garage group. Um, you know, with with me and a couple of friends uh, in Oakford and Armadale, we used to travel to, to each other's houses. But you know, down in the southwest corridor, um, there's a stack of those that happen up North River as well. Like it's there's all you have to do is just let someone know you're interested, 
and let us get you hooked up. Like let like whoever you're talking to, get them to get you organized and with someone. It's easier than ever in the sense of just everybody's on social media. I yeah, mean, yeah. for this scene, unfortunately, you're going to probably want to get a Facebook account. Like it, it's just, just how it is. a placeholder. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be a, the actual persona of, of who you are physically, but um, you, there's the Bolt Action Perth group and it's yep. what, 280 members these days? Something yeah, like something this. like that. Um, you throw up a post that says, hey, I'm interested in Bolt Action. You're going to get a reply straight away that's going to be like, oh, I'm located in this, I'm available this day, do you want to come for a game? These kind of things. So it's easy to find people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean... Even just share photos of, of the army that you're building or, or painting and, and getting advice that way, that yeah, really that's huge. Beans, builds a bond between the people that you're communicating online and, 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 and hooking up for a game and, and making some friends. Yeah, they, and I really would... Participation just by, like, forget how good of a painter you think you are. Sorry, how bad of a painter you think you are. <laughs> if you're a good... I apologize if you're a good painter. Brad, I'm sorry. Um... But, if, but forget of how bad you think you are because our our social media pages are quite healthy. They're not mm. they're not toxic, right? So if yeah. you put up something that looks bad, you're not going to get slammed. You're not going to get told that it's really horrible. Um, you know, you, you're going to get encouraged. It's something that we try really hard to do that when someone puts something up and there's a whole stack of pages like that, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Paint All the Minis is yeah. a classic. Yes. It's not just bolt action. You will get all sorts of stuff on there. Yeah. All sorts. Um but but you know on any of the bolt action pages or um you know e even some of the other ones like there's a, the 40k ones and stuff yeah, if you're yeah, interested definitely. in the sci-fi bits and pieces mm. like there's a whole stack and they all serve as a point of inspiration to keep you going but more importantly connect you to people that you didn't realize were close to you and yeah. like the number of people that i've found were like even gorgian he was just like oh I'm only up the road. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you're an Armadale. I was like, yeah. And Gorchin's like, well, I'm like two, three yeah. suburbs away, barely. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Interestingly enough, so um, I did Bolt Action version one for a little bit. Um, it was only at Outpost at the time, the Slow Blower League, and played for a little bit. Then I found it difficult to get there physically, yeah. just on where I'm located. So I stopped, stopped attending. Few few years later, ended up seeing some of Brad's painted stuff, and that just inspired me. Oh, I really want to buy into bolt action again. I want to make a force. I'm like, oh gee, yeah, I only have to buy a plastic box in a tank. That's pretty cheap. So I did it. Painted that up. Maybe a week, week lead time to your event. Uh, met you. Met a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And I was like, wow, there's so many people that love bolt action. And then I started talking to Ben and a few of the other guys two or three people so it was myself Ben and Wayne who I'd played bolt action with in the Rockingham area I'm like I thought yeah, probably no one's really into this here it really <laughs> seems like a GW centric scene and these kind of things slowly just posting on, on the bolt action page hey you know are, are there any people in Rockingham that would like to get a game together met Sean met Nick met Ash and, and, and over the space of a week or two then then we slowly get you know 50 members and, and the club's been going ever since every every Sunday we're running into two or three people that are new I mean every time I go there there are people I, I don't know who's playing yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. and I've been the face of this thing for, for you know more than a year trying, trying to really push and, and grow this scene but um, 
Yeah, that, that there are there are people in every suburb. Yeah, you just don't know. Yeah, you and 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 literally just don't be afraid. Just put yourself out there and say, "Hey, I want to play a game, and this is where mm. I'm from." And, yeah, and yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and it'll, it'll work. Yeah. Cool. Right. Well, I guess for next month. Oh, next month. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about having a newborn for another month. Um, I'm loving it, but so tired. Hopefully, a little longer. Yeah, December. I've got I've got one one more. <laughs> one more. Yeah. I see what I did there. Um, I've got one more week off work, and in that week, I'm hoping to finish painting off my saga stuff. If I can. What about your um, German Brit- uh, German winters? Well, the winter Germans haven't just they haven't finished the construction phase yet. Okay. So, okay. what they're up to, what they're up to is I've only got half the saga stuff to do, and it's pretty simple. Um, what they're up to at the moment is uh, all the mini dioramas and basing on all the teams. All the so I'm I'm doing the army up. <laughs> I'm doing the army up to compete with Brad. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so it's all about presentation. It's sure. all about yeah. making it look uh, and to fit within a scene. And so, um, so I'm envisioning like a, a winter landscape display board. There'll to be go with something it. to you go with there's that. Be some ruins and buildings in there. And, I think yeah. so. So the, the army itself, while it's made up of winter German models, it's actually a Bulgarian army. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, like, Bulgarians are actually one of if not the most heavily restricted army list in bolt action okay um both in terms of high level weaponry that they get because they just didn't have any mm-hmm. um but also the access support and tank slots like you get one access support slot yeah that's great i'm using it for a panzer three because <laughs> i had a panzer three but i've given it a light howitzer which is a late war okay. uh, conversion that was done now <laughs> the trick of course with that is the bulgarians didn't necessarily have the same um, allocation of manpower and I haven't actually found an official record of them getting a Panzer III requisition to them anywhere. Sure. I'm not going to say it didn't happen as per our conversation <laughs> earlier. Um, and it's a light how it's a tank. So most people aren't really going to complain about it yeah, considering yeah. that I could have put a Tiger in instead. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll get away with that. But um, it is looking at the presentation stuff. So even the medic, the medic is the German winter command medic with his buddy that he's yeah. bringing along. And I'm going to, I've got them actually walking to a medic table, which has been set up. Yeah, that they're okay. going to be putting yeah, them on. And so each, each team, in the snow. I, have, well, I haven't done the snow yet. So, okay. but there will be, yeah. um, <laughs> So push that detail right each, <laughs> each I've got it to compete with Brad um, each each little team that's on the you know like a 40 or 50 mil base will have yeah. like sort of a mini diorama so the sniper's okay, got a mini yeah. diorama the, obser- the artillery observer is in a foxhole dugout with his glasses up over the top and it's like it'll all be that sort of stuff um, but I'm still constructing that element because there's yeah, a lot I, more than I'm thinking I have about. a condition for Brad if he's listening that the army that he would be uh, potentially uh, opposing against you in this painting competition has yes. to be built in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that is that um, a limitation for me or a limitation yeah, for that's Brad? A limitation for Brad for not putting in an, uh, an existing painted army. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. It's um. Now, Brad, this isn't necessarily an official call out. Just. Just putting it out there. I think but it is. It sounds official. I want well, the quality gonna... of what I to provide to be able to compete with the quality of what you provide. That's that's what I'm going for. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, otherwise, that, yeah. none of that happens until I finish the saga stuff. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, what do you got left to finish? 
Yeah, so I'm hopefully going to finish most of my US powers by um, sort of end of next week. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm going to start collecting some materials for my board and get that underway. That's, yeah. That's, I think, uh, I'm going to have to be honest with myself, it's going to be hard to justify other hobby if I can yeah. do something with my board. Yeah, like definitely. if it's not sort of curing or setting or something like that, or if I'm not waiting for something in the mail, then I just got to be working on that board. Yeah. Not because I don't, not because we have a deadline you know, we don't have an event mm-hmm. for the date or anything like that but because I don't want to have that board in my house this time yeah. next year <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I want it to be at the club I want people yeah. to be using it I want yep. people yeah. to be playing yeah. it I want to be lamenting at the condition that it's gone into because it's been played 40 times a day yeah. <laughs> yeah. that would be ideal for me mm. um, so I think I'm just going to be spending a lot of time on that and it's not, you know, I've, I've had a chat to Nick about budget and things like that. It's not going to be horrendously expensive, but it's going to yeah. be more expensive than putting another force together. So, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's one of those things if I can just sort of focus my time on it yeah. and just work on it and uh, take up my entire dining room table to, to finish the board, mm-hmm. it should be good. Mm-hmm. Are you going to break that into several sets of tiles? Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's going to be four sets of four by three tiles. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I should, uh, my plan has it that you can stick any pair of the two boards, yeah, uh, any pair of the eight boards around. together in any order. Yeah. Um, and so that way you should have two six by four game boards come out the other side. Nice. Um, so there's going to be sort of a river on one. Um, there's going to be a highway that sort of stretches the length of the board because that's yeah, yeah. more or less Operation Varsity was trying to get... Um, Obviously, over the river, but there was a particular, like this, what they call an MSR main supply mm-hmm. route, which effectively paved roads. Um, that sort of, there's one particular paved road that runs the length of the operation. And so I've sort of mimicked that on the board. But And so there's going to be a town at one end, there's going to be a forest in the two center tiles, and then a river crossing on one of the other tiles. And that way, depending yeah, on right. what you want to play, you should be able to put them together however you want. Nice. And you've done a few dioramas before, but this will be your first tackle at a board. Yeah, I've, yeah. like I'm talking small scale stuff. Like yeah. I'm talking maybe yeah. a like, display board kind of thing. Yeah, not yeah. even foot by foot in most cases. Yeah. Like I wouldn't yeah. even call it a display board for an arm. Yeah. I've done a lot of like proof of concept stuff and yes. like individual yeah. terrain pieces yep. um, that have all disappeared over the years. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably as, some, as they do. They're probably yeah. in somebody else's pile of shame. So Somewhere, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, so and so I don't I don't want to necessarily say it would be easy, but it should yeah. be just outside a comfort zone, I think. Yeah, it'd be yeah. sort of a good yeah, challenge. Cool. Yeah, it'd be, be awesome. Um yeah, I, I as much as uh I want to try and spend less this year in, in the sense of <laughs> I think that's of, a good plan. Of, of the existing models that I have that need to be painted. Yeah. Um but yeah, aside from all the commission stuff I'm doing for other people, I'm doing a little bit more shield maintenance for the Viking force mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's something like 12 models in there so that'll, that'll be that, that's a, a night's work probably in contrast um, <laughs> every time we go the rest oh, of the I'm... force is contrast so, oh no no, yeah. no. I, I, I like contrast I yeah. just I'm a slow painter and you go 12 models yeah it's a night's work I'm yeah, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's some some point I will tackle the orcs that this year mm-hmm. and get them all completed. Uh, uh, like, uh, should I pay mine? Did you see all mine? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they do look, look kind of nice. Um, then I want to do that cruel sea stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but I, I need to figure out exactly what I need to. I am gonna have to spend some money for that force because sure. right now it's twelve bosses. 
Vossel 1s, Vossel 2s, because it's two sides of a starter set pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, so I've got to have a think about... I'm um, sure that fan mile afterwards. Yeah, I have to think about, you know, including a, a, an extra ship or two. I might I might as well sell the, the Kriegsmarine that I've got or give or just donate them to a player that's actually going to use them because... Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll love it. I think we'll probably donate, be them, a... donate them to Nathan. He surely needs. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, he's got like twenty. Um, yeah. um, I think it would do play like one game of cruel seas. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the intention was to have both sides and, and ready for a demo at the club. But I yeah. think at any point that we're going to do a cruel seas demo, we're going to have other players who yeah. have forces it's, available that bug bit very hard on a lot of different people at the club and it yeah. really surprised me like I haven't surprised I did, Rory <laughs> yeah. I did I did play a little bit and and like by and large the game's great there's a few very small mechanics yeah. that are a little yeah. bit awkward but yeah. Yeah. there's a reference table you get over them yeah. very quickly yeah. um, and I played it and I was like this is this is actually quite fun yeah. I, I like I, it it's yeah. good it's, it's good. interesting because like and for myself no interest in naval combat yeah. prior to trying that game yeah you played yeah. one game and you yeah, were like, like this I is think awesome. I'm hooked <laughs> but that happened with Wings of Glory for me yeah. as well but that, that's from a completely different perspective in the sense of this is so easy to teach somebody yeah. Of glory, and, and, yeah, and like I, I've brought it to my office, and I've, I've taught a whole bunch of people there, and, and they've had it's, fun. And, yeah, and, it, I've had the exact same experience. It's yeah. just um, a couple of my friends. We have board game nights, and yeah. and some of the people who play, uh, we've played some pretty complex stuff. Yeah, you know, things like Elder Chara, and now we're playing yeah. Gloomhaven. It's pretty yeah. complex board games, but you know, about half of them, you know, sometimes yeah. don't know the rules of Scrabble and Monopoly. And I've pulled it out and go, cool, we're going to do Battle of Britain. Let's go. Yeah. And in five minutes, these guys are shooting me out of the sky. And it's that's what I love about Wings of Glory. It's very intuitive. And if any of these cameras are still recording, if they've got battery, there'll be a video somewhere about <laughs> how to play Wings of Glory that we did. Awesome. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. cool. Well, um, that about wraps it up for the first episode. Yeah. Um, we we will have a little bit probably more structure and, and understanding of our topics that we're going to do for the next one um, as we get to work yeah. with each other and get it sorted. Catch up. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's, been it's been good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look. Um, until then, we'll yeah. uh, we'll catch you next time. Signing thanks, out. everyone. So thanks for listening to our long first episode, which we had to break up. Um, obviously. This is all being uh, edited, recorded, changed up um, during the COVID-19 stuff. And so it's been segmented quite heavily. Um, we've had to break things apart and I was just taking time to get these out. They weren't originally meant to be this long before they were released. Um, we hope you enjoy it. Please leave comments or um, or contact uh, Jacob, Gorgian or myself um, if you've got feedback. We're more than happy to take it on and look at it. We are still starting out. It isn't... Um, everywhere everything that we want it to be just yet um it has a lot more to give but uh we just have to work through what that looks like uh in in the future but um like subscribe um let us know what's going on and uh, yeah we'll take it into the future